Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. 808, thanks for being with us as it's uh, looking okay outside now for the weather, but it's going to turn brutally cold over the weekend and uh, some changeable weather tomorrow. We'll be talking with Tony Lupo, bottom of the hour, and getting the latest on his prognostication. And Brian Houseworth and John Marsh will be giving you those uh, updates uh, as uh, on the respective news services on KWS and, uh, and 93.9 The Eagle as well. Um, along with uh, Stephanie, how you doing? Great. And John, everything good? Doing good. Hannah's over there, and um, she's still chastising me because we ran late with uh, Senator Lincoln Huff. But now that we're going to talk with uh, with uh, Travis Witz- uh, Fitzwater now, Senator Travis Fitzwater from District Ten, who I got to meet in person at the governor's breakfast last uh, last week, and we wanted to spend more time with you, Travis. Thanks for joining. Yeah, glad to do it. Hey, you know, some things were sorted out. There was a little uh, tit-for-tat uh, back and forth here on the show in the last few days. Uh, this morning, Lincoln Huff answered some questions that uh, Representative Mayhew had raised about his bill, uh, through his bill, about why aren't we doing more at 44. And I didn't know that there was funding in uh, sort of the preliminary work for 44 that was in the bill, uh, the I-70 bill. That was news to me. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of money being spent on infrastructure across Missouri. And you're the chair of the Transportation Infrastructure and Public Safety Committee. Um, we have a lot to talk about because I want to try to unpack further something that you uh, talked with us about at the breakfast and we ran out of time, but a very interesting proposition to uh, to sort of thinking about redistricting and making more sense with getting legislation done. But as it regards to this, Representative Mayhew said, well, this is going to be a big boondoggle. And I think he just meant, hey, big government projects tend to run over budget and they tend to, there's not watchdogs. What kind of watchdog is there, uh, or watchdogs are there incorporated into the I-70 project? Well, first of all, appropriations. You know, you you don't appropriate money if you feel the departments aren't doing their job the way they should be. So, I think there's been some pushback on that, and Don, Don has certainly been a an advocate for providing accountability to bureaucracies. If there's one thing he's good at, it's 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 really bad. And he was just in my office the other day. We had a great conversation. Um, I think it remains to be seen if it's going to be a boondoggle. I mean, we wouldn't put $2.8 billion in the budget to expand I-70 if we thought it wasn't going to be well used to expand that, that artery of our state. So uh, I probably disagree with him on how that's going to function. I've met with the, commission, the um, director of MoDOT several times the way they're even the, they're doing the um the bonding they're going to save us money so i think thus far that you know there's not really a lot of shovels in the ground quite yet because it's so new but thus far i think we're off to a good start on that project travis talk to us about the the debate we could see about changes over child abuse claims well, you know, there's there's a lot in that space. My wife's a licensed professional counselor, and we have dealt not only does she work with foster care and adoptive kids, but the amount of calls I've gotten since I've been a senator about foster care issues are are pretty high. And so we we have a we have a a system in the state of Missouri that's just not taking care of kids well. And so I have a bill to to try to reform the foster care system. I hope we can get some movement on that this year. If we're doing anything in the legislature beyond what we're constitutionally required to do, which is budgeting, it ought to be fighting for kids. Yeah. And I know that uh, 
Senator Huff, one of his legislative priorities is about mental health. And as we see just outrageous rates, just escalating rates of mental health problems, anxiety and depression in our teens, maybe having to do with the proliferation and uh, addiction to social media. Who knows where it comes from? But boy, we just don't have enough resources to deal with that. Uh, can we can we pivot a little bit to the discussion about redistricting and representatives, districts within Senate districts? Go through that once more for those that didn't hear it last Thursday. Yeah, so I have I've had a resolution that I filed several times, and I filed it again as a senator this year that would reduce the size of the legislature because we have one of the largest in the country, and I don't think it's necessary to have that many. I filed it as a House member because I was frustrated with the the how little influence each representative had in the midst of a Senate that was not functioning with supermajorities of Republicans, which remains true today, by the way. And um, and so my idea was that we reduce the size, take the, the House down a little bit, but those House districts would be drawn within a Senate district. So you'd have more influence over senators. So as it is today, you may have two or three senators that you represent in a, in a single House district, even though those Senate districts are four or five times, five times larger. Um, so I think that's, uh, one of the, one of the pieces where I'm just trying to give each individual member of the house a little bit more authority over the process and try to get their, their, you know, have given them opportunity to have their Senator listen to them first and foremost. And then secondly, you know, the, I think the districts are, are, um, too small and this is reduces the size of the government. There's a, there's a lot in there. That's good. I, I believe. Yeah, I want to point out two things, Senator. I appreciate it. We've had a lot of interest in the interview that we did on, on Wake Up from the Governor's Prayer Breakfast on this bill. 93.9theeagle.com, a lot of people weighing in on it, to, to say the least. I want to point out two reactions we got to the story, and, uh, and, and I want to clarify one thing about it. Number one, Jess Piper, who is a former candidate for office, she responded to my story, and, and I think she was talking to uh, another person, but said she basically th- thinks they could target Dems, but we could point out the, these changes would not take effect until 2033, so no one in there right now would be targeted. It's a current, um, it's a current House member. They'd be term limited out by then it, if they've served even their entire eight years. And then we had a Republican who responded to the story, uh, your former colleague. Don Roan, and he said, uh, basically, uh, Senator, that you never filed any bill like this when you were a House member, and I, I wrote back to him and said, yes, he did. You filed uh, uh, two two bills that were very similar to this, so I, I definitely want to point that out. There's another provision is part of this, and that would change the term limits for members of the General Assembly, and that hasn't gotten any focus, even though I did write about it in my story. Is there any traction for that? In other words, instead of doing eight and eight or up to eight and eight, you could do 16 years. For instance, somebody could do eight, uh, eight terms in the house if they wanted to under your provision. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty significant change too. And I, I think the reasoning for that, and I actually I don't think I know because it's my bill, but the, and I, I talked to Senator Eigel before you had him on the show last week about this because he's, he's a fan of this legislation. And, you know, I think in Jefferson City, because of the bureaucracy and the lobbyists being able to wait you out, you know, eight years is not a long time in this building. I've found that out myself. I've been here for nine years. It's flown by. And, you know, the people, once you get your feet under yourself in this building and figure out what's going on and what budget line items go where and where, where the money's going and, and what departments are what and who's leading what, by the time you figure that out, you're termed out. And so, 
your ability to really reform government or fight in with bureaucracies or with lobbyists or whatever is limited based on the institutional knowledge that's lost every uh, single election cycle from uh, term limits. So this just expands it a little bit. I think eight years is a little restrictive. We're still keeping the 16 years total and you can serve in any chamber, but only for 16 years. And I think that's a, that's a reasonable change that Missourians ought to have a, an opportunity to consider. Now let's talk about congressional district three. Last week, we got a big announcement on the retirement of Blaine Luke Your name, I think is on the list of not in, but not necessarily out. I think the list that I saw said you have been mentioned and certainly your district sets you up uh, well within Congressional District 3. So can you tell us anything about um, about whether you're still considering it or not? And then also talk about, I mean, the district is so broad. And, and I think I heard um, from uh, Congressman Luke Meyer himself that he would prefer, I think, someone from mid-Missouri as, as opposed to, you know, closer into St. Louis. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, there's several things there. First of all, um, Congressman Luke Meyer has has been a great friend in his time in the in the Congress. I've, I'm so thankful he's been there. And not only that, that he's taken my phone calls and he's fought for our district. I think one thing he said on an interview the other day is the amount of constituent services they focused on during a dysfunctional Congress really really went to bat for their people. And I think that was such a blessing to our district, and that means a lot to a lot of people in my in my community. And we are seriously considering running for it. I, you know, these opportunities don't come very often. Our my Senate district's in the heart of this district, and so I think it'd be. Um, I, I don't think it'd be smart for us to not take time and talk about this. My wife and I and our kids and think through whether this is a, a, the right time for us to step up. But we also have a big job to do in the Senate. So there's a lot to consider, and it's taken us some time. But we are seriously considering running for it. That is, I think sen- having. I, I'm sorry, Having also having a mid-Missouri candidate is also a priority for a lot of us as well. That's Senator Travis Fitzwater, who joins us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. Travis, cycling back to your uh, comments about uh, cutting the number of lawmakers in Missouri, you know as well as anybody, Jefferson City's a company town. When people, primarily state government employees here, somebody talk about cutting whatever, at the Capitol, they worry about losing their jobs, whether they're administrative staff or or work for the House or Senate or whatever. Maybe assurances to those folks. I think I think reducing the size of the legislature means that we we can probably have a few more professional staff on hand, and I think I think we lose the the ability to have the resources we need to make good decisions by um by being by cutting too far on the the staff in the building those are the the folks that we lean on that we should be leaning on to to help us think through what we're doing research what other states are doing if what we're what we're taking on is is effective or not so i think there's an opportunity to maybe expand staff as a result of reducing the the size of the legislature, um, but that remains to be seen. I think we ha- we have to have the discussion first and figure out if if we can even get this to the legislature and give Missourians the opportunity to vote on it. Uh, Senator Fitzwater, since uh, you have a lot to do with uh, you know the the infrastructure issues, uh, what about rocked roads in Missouri? I have a, I have a peculiar uh, connection with those. Uh, people, people in my area, on my rocked road and my farm in Macon, have to contribute to the local coffers to get their roads rocked a little bit more. Have to throw into the county till now and then and get a little more rock. I mean, 
Boy, we're talking about I-70, but a lot of people drive rocked roads, you know, uh, these county roads. Is, I mean, is that absolutely separate from state governance and funding or not? Well, you know, I think it, it all correlates, but we're also spending, we're also giving a lot to the government in several different areas. You know, we property taxes, sales taxes, uh, across the personal and real estate, I mean, we are we give a lot. I think there's a, there's a lot to figure out how to take care of uh, those local those gravel roads. And my in laws have a farm in Macon as well, and so know plenty about dirt roads. There's plenty of them in in, um, in Callaway County as well. And I think the county commissioners do the best they can with the resources they have. And uh, you know, I think the you know it may not be perfect, but the system we have set up is is I think in in that way has served us extremely well well i'm going to make a request that we think about some uh (laughs) those are roads that missouri citizens travel and if you looked at the total mileage i don't know maybe it's something we should consider maybe the system isn't engineered just right a lot of the letter roads a lot of the letter roads are actually maintained by the state right now we're we have a huge system too so this is really it's really tricky when we get down to that level because there's so many if you look at the per the miles that we have to maintain it's It's pretty significant considering what we're surrounded by. I hear you. I hear you. Hey, well, listen, we'll keep watching your, uh, your, and uh, your, uh, I imagine, prayerful consideration of uh, whether or not to run for CD3. Uh, hey, what do you say? You have so many contacts here at Wake Up Mid-Missouri. If and when that announcement's made, you would have an open invitation. I would bump. If we had it, of the interview with Donald Trump, if you would announce on this program. Well, we would never ask you to bump Donald Trump, but maybe Lincoln Huff would ask you to bump him. He'd, oh, will you do that? So, yeah. He'd be so mad at me, and yeah, so well, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, you mean he'd step away on his own very own Lincoln days here on the no, program? Yeah, okay. No, he'd be very upset with me, and that would be great, great entertainment for hey, me. Hey, well, I hope you'll let us know as soon as you make the decision. We'll get you on right away. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thanks a lot. Good luck today in the Senate. All right. Thanks. There he is, uh, Senator Travis Fitzwater. Interesting news. He's definitely thinking about it.